from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. And a very warm welcome to our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspiring music, an interesting nature study. With more music coming in, we shall end our program with a message from God's Word. This is your host Sharath, and I am Maureen, and you are listening to Adventist World Radio, the Voice of Hope. Let's begin our program with a song. His love, think about His goodness, think about His grace that's brought us through. For as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our Father's love. Desires. 
about His love. Think about His goodness. Think about His grace that's brought us through. For as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our Father's love. are listening to Adventist World Radio the voice of hope from Pune India and now here's a nature study dear listener today we are going to study about fishers in the northern part of the united states there is a fur bearing animal called the fisher these animals are one of the larger members of the weasel family and are known by several other names Fisher marten, pecan, black cat and black fox. The fisher has a beautiful fur that is soft and silky. Around the neck and shoulders, the tips of the fur are an attractive silver which gives the fisher a grizzled appearance. Most fishers also have some small irregular white spots on the throat and underparts. The males are 30 to 40 inches long which includes a 13 to 15 inch tail and weigh 7 to 12 pounds. The females are about one third smaller and half the weight of the male. Fishers are opportunistic feeders and eat whatever is close by, plants and animals. Baby fishers are called kids and in each litter there will be an average of 3 wildlife experts are happy to have the fishers around the state of wisconsin imports them from other states because they help control the rabbit and porcupine population while fishers like rabbit and porcupine meat they also like squirrels mice some fish and various berries leaves and buds when they are hungry they have been seen jumping from tree to tree like a squirrel chasing a squirrel they are quite agile in the trees but do not spend much time there they prefer the ground and like living in hardwood forested areas they are great hunters and roam over about a 10 square mile area dear listener jesus likened his kingdom to a large net he wanted his followers to be fishers and hunters of men going anywhere to find them and teach them of his great love for them thank jesus that he has found you today ask him to help you be a hunter for him 
and share his love today with a friend. Thank you for the nature study. We are sure our listeners enjoyed it. To learn more on nature, keep listening to Adventist World Radio. We will be studying different objects of nature because there is a simplicity and purity in these lessons direct from nature that makes them of the highest value. The children and youth, all classes of students, need the lessons to be derived from this source. In itself, the beauty of nature leads the soul away from sin and worldly attractions and toward purity, peace, and God. Dear friend, death, struggle, pain and violence were not part of God's original creation. Let's discover what was the world like when God created it. To know more on God's word, you could also write to us. Here's our mailing address. Adventist World Radio, Postbox number 17 Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on Adventist Media Center at gmail.com. You may also follow our programs on our website awr.org slash English program. Before you hear God's word, here's another song.
Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101. Introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. You had made reference to an Old Testament story about the worshiping of a snake. Yes, it's a strange story, actually. Yes, it is. But it starts early in the Old Testament. And you might remember because we talked about it when we did um, some of these uh, stories of the Torah, of the law. And in the book of Numbers, chapter 21, we have a very interesting story. Perhaps you remember that the people started grumbling and God took his protection away from them. And they had this fiery serpent, says verse 6 of Numbers 21, that came upon them and started biting the people. And actually, they were starting to die. Well, there are poisonous snakes in the wilderness. And certainly without God's protecting hand, those that could happen. Yes. And snakes begin to bite the people and mm-hmm. to kill them. Yeah. And then it says that uh, God came up with this very strange antidote. And they were actually, Moses was was to make a bronze snake and to lift it up. And everyone that looked at this serpent, that obviously was a symbol of something, Mm -hmm. they would be healed and they would live. They would not die. And uh, maybe we can read it. Numbers 21, verse 8 and 9. Do you have that? No, I do not. Okay, then I'll read it. Good. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a standard, and it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he will live. So that's what he did. And those that believed in this antidote that God had created... Mm Lived. Now, of course, this was a symbol of something, and all of us that are Christian believe that this was a symbol of Jesus Christ, eventually, who would be lifted up and all who uh, look at him would live. But the people over the years started worshiping this bronze snake instead of worshiping God for it. It is an amazing thing that the symbol replaces the reality. The symbol becomes the object of worship rather than the reality, which is God himself. Uh, And in fact, this became a real issue in later years, and they had to do something about it. They had to eventually destroy the symbol. Yeah, that that is a very strange thing, because God gives us a lot of symbols and and types and and dates, things Mm -hmm. to remind us of his sacrifice and what he has done for us. But look what happened to them. Uh, We can go to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 18 uh, tells a story that he removed the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah. He also broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made, for until those days the sons of Israel burned incense to it. it (laughs) Isn't it strange? They they worshipped the snake, which was a symbol of something. Now, this has happened uh, throughout history. 
where people actually worship places. Yeah, worship- places, uh, sacred places, holy places where something special has happened or a sacred cathedral has been built there. And so suddenly the spot itself becomes uh, a symbol or a, a, an object of worship rather than a symbol as it should be. We can do that in other issues as well. Even some churches do this over the order of service. You know, you change, oh, yes, you change yes. when we sing the hymn or when we take the offering. And those are fighting words. <laughs> yes, and all collapses. Like if it's about things, versus who we are worshiping, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus even had to deal with this topic. Remember with the Samaritan woman? The Samaritan woman who had the argument about where we worship on this mountain or that mountain. And Jesus said... It's not about mountains. No, it's not about mountains. Yes, you can read the the story on chapter 4 of John. But eventually Jesus says, well, no, God wants to be worshiped in spirit and truth. That's it. You can worship anywhere where you are. Now, it's interesting that Stephen, the first martyr of the Christian faith... Uh, actually had to talk about this religious idolatry Mm -hmm. topic, and that's why he was stoned. That's right. Now, uh, don't forget that Jesus at the beginning of the book says, you are going to be my witnesses. Yeah, and witness in in Greek... Um, it really, it, it, it lends itself to the idea of martyrdom. Yeah, actually, martyreo in, in, in Greek is, is, is witness. And that's where we get the, the word martyr. Mm-hmm. Because he's actually witnessing, but he dies for his witness. For his witness. Mm-hmm. We speak of witnessing as simply telling that what you yourself have seen, heard, or experienced. And mm-hmm. that's what a witness does uh, in a court of law. But to be a witness for Christ means to believe strongly enough in those things that you You're might ready. even perchance be willing to forfeit your life for them. And we recognize that some of you that are listening today are in countries and in places where you might be now persecuted for your Christian faith. Many people who live in the West don't have a personal experience with that. Maybe on a small scale you will experience some persecution for what you believe in. And it mm-hmm. may and come the family from, or Work yes, or it came from like a variety of places, but but that is nothing compared to what some of those of you who are listening to our voices are experiencing on a daily basis. Some of you live in fear of your lives because you realize your stance for Christ can cost you your life. And right now, I want you to know that we're praying for you. Absolutely. We understand that that this is happening. It's happening throughout our world. Uh, we are not insulated from these things, and we are, we are praying for you over this, these issues right now. Absolutely. And uh, in chapter 7 of Acts, we have this... Uh, um, this witnessing that Stephen does. Now, don't forget, Stephen is one of the seven that um, were uh, their, their hands were of the apostles were placed upon mm-hmm. them, and he actually is filled with the Spirit and preaches. And now the high priest is going to ask him to give witness to what he believes in chapter seven. And so the high priest said, "Are these things so?" And he said, "Hear me, brethren and fathers. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran, and said to him, "Leave our country, your relatives." So he starts with his history, the very beginning, Genesis. The, the very beginning. He starts with the history of God's influence in the lives of Abraham and down through the ages uh, to the Exodus. He goes on, and he gives a lot of information, really, about uh, Moses. I, if you have time to read the whole sermon of Stephen, is actually fascinating because he gives us some data that we don't have in Exodus. Like, for example, that Moses was 40 years old when mm-hmm. he committed the crime and had to go to mm-hmm. to, to the desert and, and so forth. And, and then he says, well, yes, and then uh, the people in the wilderness started worshiping idols. We can read that in verse 41 um, of his sermon. Verse 41 tells us, At that time they made a calf and brought a sacrifice to the idol and were rejoicing in the works of their hand. But God turned away and delivered them up to serve the host of heaven. It is written in the book of the prophets, It was not 
to me that you offered victims and sacrifices 40 years in the wilderness, was it? Or house of Israel? Well, see, here he's saying, look, they became worshipers of idols, right? right? So when we all agree on that, and they agree with that. But then he moves on to the time of David and Solomon. He does a whole redemption history. It's very fascinating. It, it is interesting. The truth is that our, our faith is a historical faith. And there are a lot of things in, in throughout the history of, of uh, that we find in Scripture, throughout the history of the world, that point to God. God is, his hand is involved in all Absolutely. this. We build upon that. And Stephen is using this fact here and making his case before the leaders that have brought him in for questioning. And these are things that they agree with to this point. Yes. And, and this is exactly what Jesus had taught the disciples to do, to take mm-hmm. all the law, the prophets and the Psalms, remember, in Luke and 24. And show how they point to him. Absolutely. And this is what Stephen and Peter previously had done. Then Stephen turns to them and says, by the way, you believe in this dwelling place that Solomon built, where in verse 47, it was Solomon who built a house for him. Now, now we're getting closer to the time because these people had the temple. Right. And even we're talking about the second temple that was, you know, rebuilt by Herod, definitely was still Solomon's temple. And this was a place that they basically worshiped. Verse 48, however, the Most High does not dwell in houses made by human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and earth is the footstool of my feet. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what place is there for my repose? Was it not my hand which made all these things? Then he turns to them and says, you are the same as your fathers in the Mm -hmm. desert that worship those idols, because actually you are relying on this temple, are rejecting Christ. And then he says, um, verse 51, you men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit, you are doing exactly what your fathers did. And, mm. and at this point, they say, we, you know, we yeah. don't have any idols. Yes, you have religious idols. You're worshiping the temple. You think you're safe because of that, but you're rejecting God's way. They were fond of saying of themselves at this day, we would not have done what our forefathers did in rejecting mm-hmm. the prophets. We would not have murdered the prophets. We would not have rejected our God. We would have remained faithful. And and now they're being told, are you kidding me? You're already doing these things. Stephen is saying, you're just like your forefathers. Nothing has changed. Yes, and that's when in verse 52 he says, which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? (laughs) And he says, you are also betrayers, even though you're very religious. See, after the exile, the people turned to religion as their safety. And Mm -hmm. they kept laws and they made laws about keeping laws. Yes, they did. And then they became worshippers of things and forms and regulations. Rather than of the one true God. And as a matter of fact, they rejected Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Instead of worshipping in spirit and truth, they became slaves to the past, slaves to places, and worshiping places and the past in ritual and form and ceremony rather than their God. Putting those things above people and their obligations to people, putting those things above their love to God, putting those things above their love for people, which is mm-hmm. what God, how, one of the ways God wants us to express our faith in Him is by the love we demonstrate to those around us. Many months ago, I talked to our listeners directly who had been hurt by those that place rules and regulations and places above people and above God. And if you are still hurt because the church hurt you in some way, we want to tell you, first of all, how sorry we are that yes. you experienced that. And second, that God 
does not use those ways. No. He's a God of people. He moved with his people. He was not just residing in one particular place. It was all about him and his people. God put people first. That's why he sent his son. It was not in Christ's best interest that he die for us. It was, it was in your best interest. God puts you above, above most everything else, willing to make a sacrifice for you. And if you've been hurt, God says, that wasn't me doing it. I want you to know that I love you and accept you. So we want to introduce to you Jesus Christ, the God of people who loved you in such a way that left heaven, his place of dwelling, to come and dwell here so that you may know him and accept him today. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. Here's another song. I hear the Savior say Thy strength Indeed is small, child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all and all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change my leper spot. This heart of stone Since nothing good have I Whereby thy grace to claim I'll wash my garments white In the blood scriptures says your world is a lamb for my feet and a light for my path Psalms 119 verse 105 indeed my dear listener what a treasure we have in God's word the Holy Bible is relevant to today's issues and gives solid guidance for daily living with this we have almost come to the end of our program to learn more on God's word we would love to receive your letters on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune 411-001, Maharashtra, India. 
You could also email us on Adventist Media Center at gmail.com. We invite you to follow our programs also on our website. That's awr.org slash English program. This is your host Sharad. And I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until we meet again via radio, we wish you goodbye. And God bless you.